manservant, Lord Jesus, his family, Lord, that you have placed in this place, Lord Jesus, that they might be able to continue the work, Lord Jesus, and be a blessing to advancing your kingdom. Put anointing, Lord Jesus, on their lives, Lord Jesus. Bless Melissa, her children, in a very special way, Lord Jesus, as a first lady with anointing, with grace, Lord Jesus. And bless your manservant, Lord Jesus Christ, that he might break yokes, destroy the works of the adversary, Lord Jesus. Anoint him, Lord Jesus, to set the captive free, Lord, my Savior, to lay hands on the sick and let them be delivered and healed in their bodies. Anoint him with your word, Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this place, this house, all those that worship, Lord Jesus. Bless every family, every heart that's gathered on this morning. Give us, Lord Jesus, my Savior, the great blessing that only comes from above. And all these things that we ask, we ask in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our soon coming King. Everybody look toward heaven and shout amen. Amen. Um, Verse number 14 once again. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. And then verse 16. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, and called Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in all her heart. I want you to uh, look at somebody and repeat these words. Just, just if they look like they're saved. You just ask them this question. Can you dance like David danced? Uh, I, I can tell y'all missed it. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand to your feet. Now let's let's make it personal. Look toward heaven and tell the Lord, I want to dance like David danced. God bless you. I believe that every believer has three divine appointments in life. The first is the day that you were born. You have no control over who your birth parents were or are, the place or the time of your birth. Why? Because it is a divine appointment. The second is the day that you were born again, that you received the infilling of God's spirit. And you know it's a requirement for you to be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus told Nicodemus that you must be born again It is a divine appointment for every sinner who becomes a child of God. And then the third is the day that you discover who you are and why you were born. When you discover who you are and what you are born to do, and you have to understand that every believer has a purpose in life, and God has a plan for the life of every believer. Understanding your purpose leads to the fulfillment of your destiny. And destiny is always looking for a time, a place, and a person to be fulfilled. Every encounter that you have with destiny becomes a divine appointment. Divine appointments are important because they lead us to our divine assignments. Your assignment is God's choice of what your ministry will be and who you will minister to. It's God's choice of who you will serve in ministry. 
The choice of where you minister is never your choice. It's always God's choice. Abraham did not want to leave his family and friends. Moses did not want to go into Egypt to deliver the children of Israel from Pharaoh. And Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh to conduct a revival. But it was not their choices. Ministry is never your choice. Look at somebody and say, it's always God's choice. Uh, Living out your destiny simply means that you're living according to God's divine design within you. Destiny then becomes the reward for suffering the consequences of doing God's will and following God's plan for your life. Destiny is the positive side of doing the right thing. When no one understands what you're going through, destiny keeps speaking to you. Destiny keeps pushing you. Purpose keeps pulling you. And it tells you you've got to go through to get through. Your assignment must be your passion. It's got to be your obsession in life. It's your response to God's calling and God's anointing. Passion fuels purpose. And without passion, there can be no purpose. Never do it just to do it. But always do it because you feel something. You feel God pushing. You feel God pulling. So no matter what you're asked to do, do it. Because something on the inside is like a fire burning. Your assignment is where your gift and talents will always flourish. It will separate you from everybody else. Your assignment will always come with a price because you must be willing to commit your time, your talent, and your resources to doing what God has called you to do. Developing your gift is what takes you to the next level in life. Talent is the, God, is the gift God gives you, but how you use your talent is the gift you give back to God. Your assignment is always time sensitive. It will determine what you do with your time, how you spend your time, and it will determine your destiny. And remember that every assignment has an expiration date. Jonah had 40 days to preach in Nineveh before the city would be destroyed. And even Jesus said, I must work while it's day because night comes when no man is able to work. Knowing your assignment does not mean you're in God's will. The only way to be in his will is to make yourself available and do what he assigns you to do. And so when we look at the text, King David lived an amazing life. It was full of favor and failure. It was a life that took him from rags to riches, from a shepherd boy to a king. David was not perfect But what David did, David learned how to perfect his praise. Whatever David did, whether it was right or wrong, he did it with all his heart, all his mind, and with all his strength. David's secret was that he learned how to give God praise in both the good times and the bad times. That's why the word of God says that God doesn't want a lukewarm church. You better be either hot or cold. And you've got to learn how to praise him even when it doesn't feel like 
a praise is worthy, you've got to learn how to praise him in the good times and the bad times because God is worthy of our praise. Uh, if you understand David, you, you'll understand that in the life of David, one of his most important assignments was to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel from the house of Obed-Edom. And the Ark of, of, of the Covenant was important because it was the sacred trust made of wood which commanded, which God commanded Moses to make while he was in Israel when they wandered through the wilderness. It was covered with gold on the top and had two cherubim with raised wings facing each other called the mercy seat of God. The Ark of the Covenant, it was the archive for sacred items that would remind Israel of their covenant or their agreement with God. It was kept in the most holy compartment of the tabernacle, and it was uh, the Ark of the Covenant uh, because what it did, it symbolized the presence of the Lord. Uh, the, the Ark was given to Moses at Mount Sinai. It was the box which carried the tablets of stone on which the Ten Commandments were written, and, and, and the Ark always represented not only the presence of God, but the Ark represented the power of God. Only the Levites were allowed to carry the ark. They were instructed to use wooden poles to carry the ark, and the poles remained attached to the ark at all times. The Levites were instructed never to touch the ark. When David defeated the Philistines, uh, his first assignment was to take the ark back from Obed-Edom and place it in Israel. And you have to understand that the ark had not been in the presence of Israel for 20 years because when Saul was king, he disrespected the ark. He had no respect for the word of God. He had no respect for the presence of God. And so David had a revelation, a revelatory knowledge of God that Saul didn't have. And what David understood is that wherever the ark of God was located, the favor and the power of God was present. One of the failures of King Saul, once again, is that he did not respect the power or the presence of God. And I want you to say to you on this morning that it's an insult when you don't know when God is present. It's an insult. When God is in the midst and you don't feel anything, it, 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 it's an insult to God when, when, when God is here among us, walking down the aisles, uh, sliding down every pew, and, and, and folk don't feel anything, they don't say anything. Uh, it, it's an insult to God when you don't give him praise when he's in your presence. Uh, that, that's why one writer said that I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, what, what we have to understand that sometimes we're guilty of missing the presence of God when God is in our midst and we're guilty of missing his presence and, and we don't feel anything, we don't say anything, we don't do anything uh, uh, because we refuse to give him glory and honor. I don't care what you went through on last night. I, I, I don't care what happened on yesterday. Uh, when God is in the midst, somebody ought to give him some praise. 
I, I don't care how bad your day was, your week was, your month was. Um, when the anointing of God is in the place, somebody ought to lift their hands up. Somebody ought to open their mouth. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Somebody ought to let the world know I'll bless the Lord at all times. Uh, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And, and so it is, so it is. Uh, it's important for us to recognize that you cannot separate God from his word. Uh, whatever the word of God is, he will be in the midst. Uh, you cannot separate God from his word nor from his will. Uh, uh, the New Testament says it like this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, so if you love God, then you've got to love his word. Uh, if you love his word, then you've got to love him. Uh, and, 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 and one of the things I, I don't understand about uh, this millennial generation, I don't understand how they want relationship and they don't want religion. Uh, let, 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 me, let me fix it for you. Uh, you cannot have relationship without religion uh, because religion gives you the power and the presence of God. Uh, everything we do in religion invites the presence of God. Uh, everything we do in religion is prescribed by the word of God. Uh, and so you cannot have relationship and not have religion. Uh, if you're going to have religion, uh, it means that you set the boundaries for what you do and what you don't do. It means you set the boundaries for what you say and what you can't say. It means you set the boundaries for how you worship and how you give him praise. Uh, let me put it to you in another way. You say that you love her. If you love her, you better put a ring on her finger. Uh, because you can't have love without marriage and you can't have marriage without love. If there's a real relationship between two consenting adults and if they really love one another, they don't just live together they don't just shack up they don't just walk hand in hand but if you love her you marry her marriage is a religion is a religious institution just like the church is a religious institution and if you want relationship you've got to love the church because the church was bought by his blood the church was raised by his power you cannot have relationship and not have religion We, we just want re relationship. We we just want relationship. Uh, that means you can you can you can you can you can you can shack up. You can you can you can live together. Uh, that's relationship. Uh, but what makes it legal? What makes it right? Uh, is when you put a ring on it and you call it marriage. Uh, you can say I've got relationship, uh, but if you don't love His Word, there's no relationship. Uh, you can say I want relationship, uh, but if you don't love the body of Christ, there's no relationship. Uh, you can say I want relationship, uh, but if you don't love the church, there's no relationship. David understood. Uh, that for Israel to have the favor of God they had to have the presence of God and to have the presence of God they needed the ark of God and so David's first attempt to bring the ark back to Israel from Abinadab's house ended in failure Israel did not follow the prescribed manner in which God gave the, Levite, the Levites for moving the ark up Instead of carrying the ark on poles as they were instructed, they tried to move the ark on a new cart, 
attached to oxen. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzziah reached out and took hold of the ark up because the ox stumbled up. And the word of God said the Lord struck him down because he touched the ark of God up. When Uzziah was not from the tribe of Levi, tried to catch the ark up. When the oxen stumbled, he touched the ark and died up. Only Levites were allowed to touch the ark up. The ark was not supposed to be carted up. It was supposed to be carried up. Uh, we must learn that there are always instructions up that proceed your assignment up. And sometimes we fail in our assignment up because we don't find follow the simple instructions up. Uh, if the Lord tells you to pray, then pray up. If the Lord tells you to wait, then wait up. If the Lord tells you to go, then go up. But look at somebody and say, you've got to follow the simple instructions up. Uh, don't you know that when they were on the day of Pentecost up, uh, before the Holy Ghost fell up, they were instructed to go to Jerusalem and wait up. Wait for the power on God to fall up. There's always an instruction up that proceeds your assignment up. Don't get ahead of God. Look at somebody and say, follow the simple instructions. We have good intentions, but sometimes we fail simply because we refuse to follow the simple instructions. Don't blow your assignment. Uh, always follow the simple instructions, and you have his help and strength. The thing I love about the Lord is that even though David failed in his first assignment to move the ark, God gave him a second chance. Uh, after David thought about it and calculated and, 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 and looked at what he did wrong, uh, he followed the, the prescribed manner in which to move the ark. Uh, and he moved it from the house of Obed-Edom. Uh, and, and, and the Lord blessed David. Uh, and, and, and the thing that I, that I love about this verse of scripture, uh, it, it, it proves to me that no matter what you know about me, what you say about me, uh, God is the God of a second chance. Uh, uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, Moses killed an Egyptian, uh, but God gave him a second chance. Uh, David slept with Bathsheba. But God gave him a second chance. Uh, Peter cursed the Lord uh, and cursed him three times. Uh, but Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost uh, and gave the first apostolic message uh, because God is the God of a second chance. Uh, and I thank God when I look back over my life, uh, I'm not perfect, uh, but God gave me another chance. Or somebody ought to praise him for a second chance. I messed up, but he gave me another chance. I fell, but he gave me another chance. I, I fell down on my face, but he picked me up, turned me around, and gave me a second chance. Understand this? that the ark was still not where it was supposed to be. And so David learned that your assignment is never over until God says it's over. 
and, and, and what David learned how to do, he learned how to praise God uh, for what he was doing. Uh, David praised God for where the ark had come from. And, and, and sometimes you've got to learn how to praise God for what he's doing, even though he's not finished with you yet. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not everything I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And that's why I keep on praising him. Oh, I failed and I fell down sometime, but I can praise him because he's a good God. And so sometimes, sometimes you've got to praise him for what he's going to do. Sometimes you've got to praise him for where he's taking you. Sometimes you've got to praise him for the journey. It hasn't been easy, but I can give him some praise. It hasn't been easy, but I can thank him for where he brought me from. It hasn't been easy, but I lift my hands to God and I say thank you because you brought me from a mighty long way. Is there a praise in the house on this morning? Can somebody thank him for where he brought you from? Can you thank him because he hasn't left you can you praise him because he's been good all the time uh, I like I like how Walter Hawkins put it he said uh, you don't have to wait till the battle's over you can praise him in advance. And, and, and so finally, uh, they moved the ark from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David. And the word of God said, all of Israel rejoiced. And, and, and what David did, David gave God what we would call an undignified praise. Uh, because David danced out of his clothes. Uh, what I love about David... Uh, he had some failures in his life uh, but David understood the anatomy of a praise uh, David understood the DNA of a praise uh, and, and, and David understood that when you praise God uh, you've got to praise him with all your strength and all your might and all your heart uh, David understood that when you give God some glory uh, you've got to give him some glory with everything in your being uh, uh, David understood we don't pit pat uh, and we don't play God cheap uh, uh, but when I give God glory uh, everything in me uh, has to say thank you when I give God glory uh, I give him glory with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul uh, and when I dance for the Lord uh, I dance with all my strength uh, and with all my might cause you don't know like I know where the Lord has brought me from and when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah I praise Lord for setting me free oh I want somebody to praise him right now just think about where he brought you from I praise him because he's been good praise him because he's the God of your salvation Praise, praise will always invoke emotion uh, because praise takes in consideration uh, what can be 
exciting. And, and whenever there's excitement, it provokes emotion. Uh, praise is always connected to how I feel. Uh, uh, praise is when I express how I feel because it transcends my present condition. Uh, and praise allows me to rejoice. Uh, in the future of my reality. Uh, that's why the book of Hebrews says, uh, uh, it's things that I see, uh, things that I don't have yet, uh, but things I know God is going to do. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes you praise him uh, in advance. Uh, you praise him because he spoke to your heart. Uh, you praise him because he told you he's going to give you the victory. Uh, you praise him because he said, I'm going to make a way for you. You praise him because he said, I'm going to fight the battle. I'm going to break down your heart high place uh, and sometimes before you get the victory uh, you got to give him a praise you've got to praise him because you know that you know that you know he's never failed me yet uh, he's never left me he was always there for the showdown uh, I can praise him because he's a great God uh, I can praise him because he's a good God I can praise him because he made a way out of no way I can praise him because he's the God of myself so here it is praise is how I respond to what God is doing in my life right now and that's why the writer said you may not be able to see what the Lord is doing for me uh, but he's blessing me right now uh, praise is what I owe him uh, for all that he's already done uh, uh, praise is what I owe him uh, for where he brought me from uh, uh, if you want to be blessed uh, you've got to learn how to give him some praise uh, if you want to be blessed uh, you've got to learn that praise uh, is what excites God uh, the word of God said that he inhabits uh, the praise of his people uh, when two or three are gathered together uh, I'll be in the midst uh, but somebody's got to open their mouth uh, and somebody's got to learn how to say thank you somebody's got to open their mouth uh, and somebody's got to say you've been a good God uh, somebody's got to open their mouth uh, and say I'll bless you Lord uh, because you're the best thing uh, that ever happened in my life uh, somebody's got to open their mouth uh, and say when I look back over my life uh, and I think things over you never failed me yet uh, that's why I give him all the praise the word of God says that Saul's daughter uh, she despised David for giving God praise uh, she thought that David was in a position now where he was too lofty too high to give God praise but let me tell you something. You're never too high to give God praise. You, you never you never come to a place where you can't give God praise. As a matter of fact, if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you would not be where you are right now. And so in other words, when you look back over your life, 
you owe him a praise. You owe him a thank you. You owe him a hallelujah. You owe him I'll bless you, Lord, at all times. And so here it is. Uh, uh, David David understood uh, that, that he was now in a situation uh, where the ark had been moved. And he was in a situation where uh, he had to determine, he had to decide uh, what he would do in response uh, for the blessings of the Lord. Uh, and, and praise is really how we respond to God uh, uh, for his blessings in our life. Uh, uh, David David understood that he was being criticized, he was being despised by, by, by Saul's daughter. Uh, uh, but, but let me tell you something that any, don't let anybody ever steal your praise. Uh, don't let anybody ever steal your joy. Uh, if your neighbor doesn't want to praise him, say, excuse me, because you don't know like I know where the Lord has brought me from. If you want to praise him, excuse me, because the Lord has been good to me. He's been better to me than I've been to myself, and I don't care what you say about it. I owe him this praise. I owe him a thank you. I owe him a hallelujah. I owe him a bless you, Lord. I owe him opening up my mouth. I'll lift my hand. I'll dance right in your face. If you won't praise him with me, I'll praise him all by myself. It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. He's been good. He's been good. He's been good. And I owe him my praise. what your haters don't want you to do praise uh, is what your haters will despise you for praise is what the devil can't understand uh, when he's tried to do his best to steal your joy uh, and so David put it like this I'll sit a table in the presence of my enemies and while you're criticizing and while you're despising me and while you're hating on me I'll put a table in the presence of my enemies and I'll eat all day long and let you criticize me I'll feed on the fatness of the land I'll eat on manna from heaven and I'll eat right in your face and let you criticize me because the Lord has been that good to me. The Lord has been gracious. He's been kind. He's put bread on the table. He put a roof and shelter over my head. He put shoes on my feet. Shirt on my back. And I got to praise him because he's been so good. And so David David said, look, we brought the ark back from Obed-Edom. The ark is now where it belongs. And because we've got the presence of God, and because we've got the power of God, the word of God said that David gave him an undignified praise. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder uh, where the undignified praise is. Uh, I, 
I see folk, I see folk when they lift up their hands. And I see folk when they say, hallelujah. And I see folk when they sit in their seat and say, I bless the Lord. Uh, But the praise that David gave God, uh, David said, move out of my way. Uh, Give me some room. Give me some space. Uh, David said, I'm going to dance. And I'm going to dance like it's 1999. Uh, I'm going to dance. And if I dance out my clothes, that's all right. I'll get more undignified than this. uh, Because the Lord has been good. Uh, The Lord has been kind. The Lord has been gracious. Uh, And it's like fire shut up in my bones. Uh, I cannot help I've got to give him a praise. Praise emanates from personal experience. Praise emanates. It comes when I've got a revelation of who God is and what God's able to do uh, praise is from the heart and, and, and praise it, it sometimes means uh, that there's got to be physical movement uh, it's my reaction in response uh, to the goodness of the Lord uh, it, it's not just being dignified uh, it's not being cute. It's letting my mascara run. Letting my hat fall off. Letting my tie get turned to the side. Uh, praise means uh, that with all my heart and all my mind and all my strength, uh, I give God some glory. Uh, what David understood in his failures uh, is that even when I'm down, I've got to learn uh, how to get up and give God praise. Uh, even when it's not going the way I think it should go, uh, I've got to learn how to give God some praise. Uh, and so David was a praiser at heart. He was a worshiper and you cannot worship without learning how to praise. You can't worship without invoking the presence of God. You can't praise him and go into worship without knowing what the Lord has done for you. And that's why the word of God said that when two or three are gathered in my name, it don't take a whole lot of folk. It just take a couple folk that know the goodness of the Lord. It takes a couple folk that know that God's been good to me. It takes a couple folk that know that God's been a good God. It takes a couple folk that know that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened in my life. And if I can get two or three gathered together, I can give them a praise. If I can get two or three to agree with me, I can give them a praise. If I can find somebody that knows the goodness of the Lord, I can give him a praise. Is there a praise in the house this morning? Praise can be individual or it can be corporate in nature. But praise is never form or fashion. Praise is never an empty show. Praise will always lead you to that next level. 
And so the word of God said uh, that David danced before the Lord. Watch this. He did not dance because he had become king. He did not dance because he defeated the Philistine army. He did not dance because the Lord built him a house of cedar. Uh, he did not praise God for he wise for his wives and children. Uh, why did David dance? Uh, look at somebody and say, why did David dance? Uh, David danced because he understood the significance of the ark. He danced because he understood what the ark represented. He, he understood uh, that the ark uh, meant that as long as the ark of the covenant was in the camp of Israel, uh, it, it represented and it symbolized uh, uh, that God was in their midst. And, 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 and David danced because uh, uh, he wanted to understand and Israel to understand uh, that the Lord had bought them from uh, the hand of their enemy, uh, that the Lord had given them victory on every side. Uh, and, and David understood that without the presence of the Lord uh, and without the power of the ark, the covenant, the agreement that Israel had made with Israel, uh, uh, that they would have no power over their enemies. Uh, and so I'm going to take my seat, but I want to know this. Uh, I wonder if somebody can dance like David dance uh, uh, because, because he brought you from darkness up into his marvelous light. Um, I wonder if somebody can dance like David danced. Um, not for the house, not for the car, not for the job. Um, can you dance like David danced because the Lord uh, has been in your life? Um, can you dance like David danced because um, you got the Holy Ghost and fire? Um, can you dance like David danced um, because he picked you up and turned your life around? Um, can you dance like David dance uh, because he's been good to you. Uh, can you dance like David dance uh, because he fought every battle, uh, brought down every high place, uh, made a way out of nowhere. Uh, can you dance like David dance uh, because the Lord's been good to you? Uh, I wonder if there's 50 people in this place uh, that can stand on their feet uh, and say, I want to dance uh, like David dance. Uh, the Lord's been good to me. Uh, the Lord, the best thing that happened in my life and I just want to take time to give God a praise can you dance can you dance can you dance because he's been a healer can you dance uh, because he's been a deliverer. Uh, can you dance? Because uh, he's been a provider. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, uh, can you dance? Because uh, he kept you in your right mind. Uh, can you dance? Uh, because when the devil came to eat up your flesh, uh, the Lord held him at bay. Uh, can you dance? Uh, because when you were going down for the last time, the Lord picked you up. Turn you around. Put your feet on solid ground. Look at somebody and say, can you dance like David danced?
we worship. We worship in spirit and in truth. Which means that we worship under the direction and the influence of the Holy Ghost. It's not just emotional. It's a spiritual experience. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, then you might not understand. It's it, 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 it provokes me to action. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's an anointing, not an emotion. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that the Spirit can be expressed through your emotions. That that's why the Lord uh, will never visit a cold church. That that's why the Lord will never visit a church uh, where folks sit like yesterday's mashed potatoes uh, and don't want to give them a praise. Uh, that's why the Lord will not minister in a place uh, where folks don't come in uh, and bless the Lord for what he's done in their lives. Uh, and, and so praise, uh, uh, it'll make you sing. Uh, it, it'll make you dance. Uh, it'll make you cry. Uh, it, it'll make you lose control for the joy of the truth uh, that's been revealed in your life. Uh, it, it's not only praise, but it's worship. Uh, it's not only worship, but it's relationship. Uh, it's not only relationship, but it's religion. Uh, and my religion says, don't fail to assemble yourselves together. Uh, and it says, when you come together, uh, you ought to give him some glory. Uh, when you come together, uh, you ought to give him some praise. Because uh, somebody in the house uh, has been blessed. Uh, somebody in the house uh, has received a miracle. Somebody in the house uh, knows the goodness of the Lord. Uh, and so he hasn't blessed you, uh, then I know he's blessed you. Uh, and if he didn't bless you, I know he blessed you. And if he didn't bless you, I know he blessed you. But somebody in the house ought to say, I've been blessed. Uh, I've been blessed. Uh, and I'm not ashamed. The Lord has been good to me. So, in my conclusion, I, I, I want to know this. Uh, I want to know if truly, before you leave this place, you can say, I can dance like David danced. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can dance, and if you can dance like David danced, just shout hallelujah. Uh, if you can dance like David dance then, then stand up and take somebody by both hands and, and say won't you join me for this dance <laughs>